SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, man, it is fantasy sports today here on SportsGrid. This is the second hour of our show. If you missed the first hour, totally fine. Go to our YouTube channel, which, of course, is SportsGrid. You can see Joe and I breaking down everything that happened in the Texans-Chiefs game last night. Of course, we are now moving forward to the weekend. He, of course, is Joe Pizzapia. You can follow him on Twitter at JoePizzapia17. I am Craig Mish. We got you covered every day, noon to 2 Eastern, talking fantasy sports with you, talking a little bit of wagering, and, of course, breaking down all sports that are happening right now as we are back in full force with sports here in the United States. Coming up a little bit later, Jim Sanis of Number Fire is going to join us. If you guys are playing DFS this weekend on FanDuel, got to make sure you get your tips there. As far as picking against the spread, the Las Vegas Super Contest, arguably the Super Bowl of picking contests in the country. Howard Bender and I are in this now for a third straight year, and uh, our first week picks are up for grabs at this point, so we'll break those down coming up a little bit later in the show. Uh, Joe, but it was a fun night in fantasy. It's time to look forward a little bit. That's not to say that there isn't a little wackiness going on because the Los Angeles Dodgers have basically turned back the clock and put Mookie Betts at second base. I mean, we had all that. We had Hayes Aguilar playing third, Mookie Betts playing second. Uh, you know, I know you're historically the storyteller on this show, but I'm going to tell a quick one right here, and it's an embarrassing one. I'm in a 2014 Dynasty League with some great names in the world of fantasy. And um, many, many years ago, as an A-ball player, I saw Mookie Betts play, and he was available in the draft the next year. And uh, we had our minor league draft, and I had a chance to take Mookie Betts, but I was really, really hot on the fact that, oh, man, but Dustin Pedroia plays second base, and oh, man, that guy's like the superstar there. Where are they going to play this kid? He's going to end up getting traded or something like that. He's going to get blocked. I'm going to pass on him. And I've regretted it ever since. And seeing this graphic today just makes me refeel that pain over and over and over again. Sorry. And Scott White drafted him instead of me. Scott White, who does a great job on CBS Sports. Uh, and uh, I, I've just, every time I see Mookie Betts, that's all I think about is what kind of an idiot are you that you didn't take him? Just take the talent. Great lesson learned. Always, always take the talent. Don't worry about position. Don't worry about just take the talent. It'll win out, especially in a league that deep. And uh, it would have been nice to have had Mookie Betts for the last decade. I can tell you that. Yeah, and ironically, uh, Dustin Pedroia, he, who would have predicted that his career would have ended so suddenly? And, and basically, his Ten years ago over. at that time, let me tell you. <laughs> he was, he was he's been on the Red Sox the last few years and hasn't played at all. But uh, look, you got a contract, you play it out, and that's that's the deal. If you give a guy a contract and he gets hurt, you collect the insurance. you still got to pay the player. All right, let's start off with our Friday headlines here. And of course, uh, as we honor all that we have lost on September the 11th, 2001, you know, certainly a time in this country. We're all going through a difficult time for sure, but let's never forget what happened on that day and the lives that were lost. Uh, that being said, our headline doing Mookie Betts, who plays second base for the Dodgers last night. Serena Williams knocked out at the U.S. Open. Tennis is another one of those sports where uh, very hard to simulate playing against others until you actually do it. And so, therefore, you're seeing a lot of wackiness in tennis, unlike golf, where you could just play against yourself. Got to play against somebody in tennis. And these guys have not had that. And girls have not had that opportunity. Uh, the Nuggets will play tonight against the Clippers, and they will lose. So it's over. The Clippers are going to advance. It's just a matter of if they cover or not. 
uh, game seven tonight between Boston and Toronto. I don't know which way this one's going to go. That one I, is a tough one to call for sure. Game three between Tampa Bay and the New York Islanders in the Stanley Cup, of course. And we got college football coming up this weekend, Joe. And certainly not a lot of marquee games, but I, I think that from a lot of at least fantasy enthusiasts, this is their first crack at watching Trevor Lawrence play this weekend as Clemson will be back on the field. So I certainly will be watching a lot of college tomorrow. Ironically, a lot of the smaller schools, it seems to me, are getting a lot of the attention uh, lately, at least, because they're the ones that are on the field. But that's what I'll be paying attention to this weekend. How about you? Well, and who knows? Maybe some of those guys will get a better look than they would have normally got. And maybe some of them will start entering into the consciousness come draft time next year. Because God knows what the NFL draft's going to look like in 2021 <laughs> with the way these college games are being structured and played or not played and how that's going to look. So this is a great opportunity for some of those people to have more eyeballs on them that typically would not be there. Uh, but yes, Trevor Lawrence is certainly going to be uh, where most of the eyeballs are this weekend. And for me, it's all about Sunday. That's where I'm looking. I, I also, you know, the Serena Williams thing is kind of um, a little thing to touch on too, because there was a, a, an article in the New York Post about how she was being a sore loser and all these things. And the same exact writer just a few days ago, after a male tennis player hit a line judge in the throat with a ball, said that he was penalized too harshly for what he did. And that seems to me like a bit of a double standard. And I don't want to get into like all of that kind of stuff. But I saw those two things and those two headlines by the same person back to back. And I thought, I don't know, Serena Williams, pretty great at her job. You know, if she's pissed because she lost, that's because of how great she is. But I don't think we could take one situation and say this person's a sore loser and then the other person is not. And they got punished too harshly for what happened. Does that seem like, uh, I don't know, it doesn't jive to you, my friend. Yeah, it's it's strange, but it's the kind of world that we live in. And and certainly in terms of Djokovic and what he did, um, look, he deserved a lot of penalties for it. There yeah. were some being cynical and saying, how could this woman get so hurt by a tennis ball? I'm not going to be the one to, to judge that. But uh, Djokovic made a mistake, deserves to be uh, punished in some way. He was. He lost all his money. But look, it was an accident. There's no way that guy no. wanted to hit this woman on the sidelines. It's just it's just there's no way that that would have happened. This, that's, I, no, I mean, very look, few athletes look. in sports are looking to hurt others. It's just, it's just, not of course case. not. And and I just think, you know, if Serena wants to throw a fit or something like that, okay, she's the best in the world. She can throw a fit, whatever she wants to do is it, it, that's on her, but it just seemed a little inconsistent for me. But yes, this weekend is going to be great. We have some college football back. That's very exciting. We have NFL games. Uh, we've got, of course, uh, fantasy game day debuting on Sunday too. So lots of fun stuff. Jim Sanders will join us. Talk a little DFS. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is a big weekend, and for some people, it will be bigger. Someone potentially will win a million dollars this weekend over on FanDuel. It's week one of the NFL season. we got the full slate, of course, coming up this Sunday. And who better to speak to about the DFS slate than Jim Sanis of Numberfire, who joins us now to go over all of his great information and great potential picks for the DFS slate in week one of the NFL. Jim, thanks so much for being part of the show here on this Friday, and thanks for coming on. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate it. It's fun to be on here, and it's fun to talk some football for week number one. Yeah, and, and I think that for most people, uh, Jim, there there are some that, that hesitation this year because they're not really sure 
what to expect. They're not really sure from a strategy point of view what to expect. How are you approaching week one of the season? Yeah, I understand that concern. I think that's a very legitimate one. Kind of depends on your risk tolerance. For me, I'm very okay with risk. I think it's kind of fun, honestly, to, you know, have a little bit of risk when it comes to daily fantasy, because if it's riskier for me, it is riskier for everyone else as well. And I feel pretty confident in my ability to read news, try to gain knowledge from practice reports, what limited information there has been and try to make decisions based on that. So I may not play the same amount that I usually do in week number one, but like, it's still going to be fairly comparable. And I think that's, although it's fair to have those reservations and those concerns, there are still an edge people who are tuned in, who are, are locked into the news and who are willing to dig through all that to try to find which players are going to have big roles right away. Yeah, and FanDuel's got some great opportunities for people this weekend to get involved on the low-stakes end and the high-stakes end, head-to-head GPP, however you want to end up playing it. That's what we have, Jim, here on the show. And so for people who haven't gone over to FanDuel, the DFS site, they may be wondering, well, you know, I'm going to go this weekend, but Craig and Jim, can you help us out with the pricing? Of course we can. Let's take a look real quick at the top-end quarterbacks, Jim, and I want your thoughts on which potential way that you would go, and certainly in a number of different directions based on the tournament or the format that you have. Uh, Lamar Jackson is uh, priced at 9400 We have Russell Wilson at 8400 and you're seeing these on the screen right now. Drew Brees, 8100 uh, Josh Allen for Buffalo against the Jets at 7900 We have Matt Ryan uh, priced at 7800 against Seattle. Kyler Murray at 7700 And uh, Carson Wentz also checks in at 7700 And Jim, those are the higher-priced players at quarterback this week. Uh, when you're building your lineup this week, are one of those players, do any of them interest you this week, or are you going somewhere else. I like Russell Wilson quite a bit. He's indoors. I always like indoor games like because there's no wind and wind is actually a pretty big factor in NFL DFS. So if I can get literally zero wind, hopefully, you know, things could get weird and indoors. You never know. Uh, but Russell Wilson indoors on turf is fun because there's been some talk about Seattle potentially letting Russ cook a little bit in the first half. That's intriguing, but also like he can score well without a ton of volume to begin with. So I think that Russell Wilson is my favorite among the studs, but if I'm not going there. I kind of like spending down a bit. Derek Carr is $7,100 on FanDuel. He's facing the Panthers. The Panthers basically shed their entire defense in the offseason, drafted seven rookies in the NFL draft. So a lot of inexperience there. So Derek Carr, who is not normally an upside type guy, could have upside in this specific matchup. Teddy Bridgewater in that same game is $6,800, and uh, he's got some good weapons around him. He's got Joe Brady as his offensive coordinator. So I think that if I'm not going Russell Wilson, I'm okay saving some salary and jumping down to Derek Carr and Teddy Bridgewater in that same game and just kind of hoping that game goes over the total of 47.5. We can get some good fantasy points on both sides. Yeah, interesting uh, thoughts on that game. Some people feel it's a little bit fishy that the – that the Raiders should be bigger favorites and, and yeah. maybe Carolina is an upset that week. I tend to uh, sort of be on that boat right now. If it looks ugly for me, Jim, it's something I want to get involved <laughs> in. Um, uh, well, there's no ugliness at running back, of course, with Christian McCaffrey at 10,000 on FanDuel going into the weekend. We have Dalvin Cook taking on the Packers at 8,700. Alvin Kamara, 8,300, looks to be full go. We have Josh Jacobs taking on Carolina, 8,200. And then some close by here, 7,800 for Aaron Jones of the Packers. In that matchup against the Vikings, Austin Eckler at 7,700, and then Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns at Baltimore. Chubb had a field day last time he went to Baltimore. Somehow the Browns came out with a win last year in that game. What are we thinking at running back this week, Jim? I think that the two highest salary players are the two highest salary players for a reason, and I love both of them, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. 
it's so hard to push back on them because I think you can feel really secure in their workloads. The offensive coordinator for Carolina has been talking about how they thought the usage last year for McCaffrey was about right. So if we can expect the same usage, I am feeling good about plugging him with a better quarterback this year than Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater. We can, you know, talk about a situation last year, but I think it's pretty easy to say that Teddy Bridgewater is an upgrade for this Carolina offense. So I think that helps Christian McCaffrey and everyone involved there. Dalvin Cook facing a Packers team that really struggled against the rush last year, but also Cook gets a lot of targets. There's no Stephon Diggs there anymore. So I think McCaffrey and Cook at the top end, really intriguing. If you want to go down a little bit lower, Chris Carson is $7,200 coming off a hip injury, and you could have some concerns about workload there. But with no Rashad Penny, I would not be shocked to see Chris Carson get a lot of volume straight out of the gate for Seattle. So I do like Chris Carson. And honestly, I think that this week is interesting because you have a lot of potential value running backs, guys like Antonio Gibson. Uh, but I still do like spending up at running back. I want those guaranteed touches. I want guys who are not going to lead the field. So that to me says, even though there is value at running back, I still want McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook to be my top two guys of this week. Make sure you follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Sanis. And let's go through some of the wide receivers on FanDuel this upcoming weekend. A lot of boomer bust for sure. Some injury issues as well as we sit here on this Friday. We're not entirely sure. Of course, you can make your decision on Sunday. But Michael Thomas is priced at 8800 in that juicy matchup against Tampa Bay that we'll all be watching. Julio Jones against Seattle, 8200 Devontae Adams is the third receiver priced at 8000 Under 8000 we have DeAndre Hopkins against San Francisco. Chris Godwin at 7700 Mike Evans at 7500 who's a little bit questionable for the game. And uh, lo and behold, right under him, Jim, we have Kenny Galladay who popped <laughs> yeah. up on the injury report at 7300 as well. So, uh, look, I mean, it would, it would seem that Godwin would be pretty fairly priced. Uh, and advantageously priced yeah. if Evans didn't play, but certainly we'll have to wait on Sunday for that one. Yeah, and I think the Godwin would be a good play kind of regardless, but the concern you might have there is if – Mike Evans can't go. That might hurt the entire effectiveness of the entire offense. And if there's lower touchdown expectation, that negatively impacts Chris Godwin, too. So I think that that could be, you know, it could go either way there. I like the 6,000 range a lot at wide receiver. You've got uh, guys like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in that range. Basically, every Seahawk, I think, is a pretty good option for this week. Also, in that same game, Calvin Ridley is $6,600. I like that. The 5,000 range isn't bad either. You've got Anthony Miller down there who projects to get a lot of targets for Chicago with Taylor Gabriel no longer in town. Really good matchup for him against Detroit. He's also playing indoors. Deshaun Jackson will be the I would say the most popular player on the entire slate for week number one. That's or at least at wide receiver. He definitely will be uh, Marquise Goodwin at $5,900 also in play too. So I think that Craig, if I'm looking at the wide receiver tiering, if I want to spend up at running back, get to McCaffrey and cook, I got to pepper the mid range at, at wide receiver. And I think with guys like Deshaun Jackson, Marquise Goodwin, Anthony Miller, Henry Ruggs on the bottom end too. If you want to go down way down there and bank on some talent, I think you have the flexibility to do so. So I think I want to pepper that 5,000 and 6,000 range of wide receiver to allow myself to get up to guys like McCaffrey and Cook. All right, we got about a minute left, Jim. Let's just touch on tight end real quick. Uh, and, and here are the top options. Uh, Kittle at 8,000. Andrews at 7,400. Feels like a regular fantasy draft. Waller at 6,800. <laughs> Ackert, 6,600. Hunter Henry, 6. Uh, Jared Cook, 5,900. Austin Hooper, 5,700, and then you're deep diving at that point, uh, Jim, on, on matchups, trying to make most of it. Is that what you'd be doing this week, is trying to just find a one-week wonder here, or is there one of the top guys you prefer? 
Yeah, Jared Cook is $5,900. He is low salary exposure to a game that is really fun. So I think that's always enticing. Same thing for Hayden Hurst, who is $5,200. If you can get low salary exposure to fun games, that's something I always want to do in DFS. And Jared Cook and Hayden Hurst both give me that. So I think they're pretty good options for this week. Dallas Goddard, if you want to pivot off of the Deshaun Jackson popularity on that same team. Goddard got a lot of targets down the stretch last year. 24% of the deep targets for the Eagles in their post-buy games with no Deshaun Jackson. So I think that between Goddard, Hurst, and uh, Jared Cook, you've got some good options below $6,000. Again, giving you the flexibility to get to those high-end running backs. Yeah, and and, and it's really some great advice there, too. And, and Jim threw in the nugget of Deshaun Jackson. Uh, essentially, folks, you got to understand what kind of tournament you're playing in. Deshaun Jackson being very highly owned. You may have to go the other way in some different tournaments as well. Uh, great stuff, Jim. Really appreciate it. We're looking forward to catching up with you every week here on Fantasy Sports Today, giving out the DFS advice we need over on FanDuel. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate it. And good luck to you this weekend. All right. Thanks. You too, Jim. Uh, we'll take a quick time out right here on Fantasy Sports Today. we got Howard Bender coming up. We'll go over the Westgate lines and how we're going to perform this year in the Las Vegas Super Contest. Give you some leans on that. Also, Fantasy Reality on deck as well. Don't go away. We're back on Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid in just two minutes. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports today as we take a look at the lines coming up for this Sunday in the NFL. And some of them certainly have changed over the course of the week. And so as the background in Howard Bender's neck of the woods in Northern <laughs> California, a little bit smoky, a little bit red. But of course, he is with us now to talk about the lines this weekend in the Westgate Super Contest. Now, to give uh, people context, Howard and I participate in this contest every single year. It's $2,000 to enter. If we win, we, you probably will not see us for a while, but we have not won yet. <laughs> so we are back for another season. We just finished outside of the money the last couple of years. Uh, percentages have been really good. You can, by the way, uh, go to Wager Alarm and see uh, all of our results. Howard posts them there. And when we go over the picks here on the show today, too, we we'll go over some of the spreads. You can see our actual uh, card or, or that uh, you can see that says Wager Alarm that verifies that we are in the super contest i know howard and i feel very strongly about putting our money where our mouth is so here we go again another season and thanks for coming on the show thanks for having me man always a pleasure i'd love doing these live streams with you and let's add some this is gonna be a real interesting year this year but i mean you know, listen we're we're right there on the cusp i think we could be uh live streaming this from a yacht in the south of france this time next year I hope so. Got to hit above 60%, somewhere in the 62% range, I think, to cash. That's a big number, but we're going to certainly try and do it. And, and by the way, on Saturday nights, you can find me and Howard over on YouTube on the Wager Alarm stream where we actually make our final picks. But for now, Howard, let's take a look at the Westgate Super Contest lines for this week. Let's start with the first three lines on the board. Uh, three versus four. This is the Patriots and the Dolphins you're looking at right here. The Dolphins are six-and-a-half-point underdogs, despite the fact that they beat New England in New England last year. We have the Ravens opening up the season with MVP Lamar Jackson laying eight points against the Cleveland Browns. And uh, and then we have the Bills and Jets, where the Bills are a popular suicide pool pick this year and this week against the Jets. That's the 7-8 matchup on the Westgate card. 
Uh, so Patriots minus six and a half. We have Baltimore minus eight and Bills minus six and a half against the Jets. And Howard, look, I know for me, the one that sticks out, and it's not necessarily a homer pick, is the fact that how can the Dolphins still be getting points against the Patriots team that they <laughs> went and beat in New England last year? I don't know that we'll end up going with these tomorrow night, but certainly they're worth looking at now. It really is. You know, I mean, it, it's kind of funny because Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to start for the Dolphins. They're just basically going back to the exact same game plan they went with uh, last year, except this time they've got a much better running game. Like you've got Jordan Howard and Matt Breida coming out of that backfield. I definitely think that it has the opportunity to stay close, but I, I, I just I cannot go against Cam Newton. Uh, Bill Belichick at home week one of the season where, yeah, their defense might not be what it once was because a lot of guys opted out, but I just, I, I have a really hard time doing this, uh, even going up against uh, uh, Fitzpatrick and, and Miami. So my lean kind of is on, is on new England still um, because I think they can beat them by a touchdown. All right, so it looks like Howard and I, we have to have the same picks in order to submit these on Saturday, so it looks like at least that one will not be one of them. All right, let's take a look at the next three games on the board, and I'll tell you, of all of the fishy lines of the week, I think that this may be the fishiest. Raiders only three-point favorites over the <laughs> Carolina Panthers. I guess Carolina's going to win on Sunday because this line looks wrong. Seattle uh, now only laying a, a point and a half in in uh, on the FanDuel Sportsbook, but over at the Westgate, uh, Seahawks are laying two and a half against Atlanta. And then finally, the Eagles are a five and a half point favorite against the Washington football team. Howard, a team in Washington that looks dismal, but yet they seem to always play Philadelphia tough. That is always a tough one there. Yeah, that, that Carolina one is, is super fishy. I don't really understand that. Uh, a whole lot. I think it's uh, it's it's the unknown of Matt Rule and what they're going to do with this offense. But I mean, their defense is just atrocious. I don't see how the Raiders don't have Josh Jacobs running all over them. But I mean, listen, the, the why is, thing is line three, Howard? It should not be three. The Raiders should be like four and a half, five. They points should. They before. should. Which obviously which we've done you. this before. We've done this before. And I mean, it's like not only is it a home dog on week one. But it's an oddball kind of a line there. I mean that that kind of that tilts me towards that uh, towards that pick actually of I, of saying that. Me too. Yeah. I think the Panthers. I, I think a lot of it people are be. just writing them off. It but listen when it looks really bad, that's usually the right pick. You go the other way. But, uh, <laughs> all right, let's continue here. I, I like Detroit this week against Chicago. They're laying three points, and uh, and look, you know, Galladay's injury is is a little murky going into the weekend, but. And I know he's a big piece, but I think Detroit is better than Chicago, and they're laying three. The Colts are laying eight against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we got Minnesota taking on the Green Bay Packers. That's a division game toss-up. We ain't going in, in either direction there, I don't think. But how about the other two games, Detroit, Chicago, and Indy, Jacksonville? That's a, that's a, another one. That's also a division matchup. However, you know, the start for Trubisky, um, David Montgomery is banged up. I, I think Matt Nagy still thinks that he can outthink everybody and, uh, and, and screw up the play calling there. Um, I've dug in a little deeper since our last talk on the live stream, and I would actually kind of side with you on Detroit for this pick. Um, I don't think three points is a lot for them to lay. Um, and so I kind of lean that way, you know, Jaguars Colts. That's another one where, you know, it's an eight point spread. I kind yeah. of feel I mean, I hate the Jags. I don't think that they're a good team. Oh, me too. They have the, yeah. they have the lowest implied point total. 
But would it be uh, crazy to think that the Colts jump out to a lead? They run the ball. They can't, you know, they do that. And then you see some backdoor cover where Minshew airs it out to DJ Chark in the uh, in the end zone. Uh, and all of a sudden it becomes like a six point game instead of an eight point game. That kind of makes me a little nervous about that one. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, all right, so so let's let's take a look at the late games, and then we'll look at the evening games. Uh, we'll start off with the uh, the Chargers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, an, another line to me that looks a little bizarre with the dog here, where I, I feel like maybe the Bengals are just as good as the Chargers, honestly. But um, that's one for me, and I actually like another dog here too, maybe with the 49ers and Cardinals, where the 49ers are laying six and a half. And please, we ain't using Saints Bucks in this contest. Nobody has a clue which way this is going to go. Who is Tom Brady in a Buccaneers uniform? I just want to watch that game. I don't want to bet on that game. I don't want to use that as a pick. Right. You don't want to use that as a pick. But, uh, you know, again, we've always talked about the Saints at home, money in the bank. Here's the issue. In the, in the world of COVID right now, no fans at the Superdome. And the real question is, and I, I'll defer to you here for this kind of situation, because you lived through this with the Miami Marlins covering MLB. How are the players going to react to a silent stadium? I don't think they're not pumping in crowd noise or anything like that. You know, do the Saints have that same kind of mojo in the Superdome without, uh, you know, all their who people? I think that's a great question, but I still think the Buccaneers are the bigger question. I I, I don't know what to expect with Brady. I, I simply, I, I think he I think touchdowns he could, left and right. Come on, I, maybe, maybe no, not. I, I don't know. It, it's <laughs> a new quarterback. I'll, I'll put it this way to you: a new quarterback in a new spot is not something I even want to get involved with in Week One. You know, it's it's just it's it's so unpredictable for me. If the Buccaneers come out. And they beat the Saints. This is what I, that's what I'm sort of hoping. I'm sort of hoping Tampa Bay goes into New Orleans and crushes them, so we could go against Tampa Bay in Week Two. That's that's, <laughs> that's kind of my hope. Because I'll tell you right now, that's definitely what I'm doing. All right, uh, the the uh, the three night games, the Sunday night game, and then the two Monday night games. Let's let's take a look at those. Dallas Cowboys, of course, we're paying a Cowboys tax every year. Cowboys are great. They're gonna be great. Laying points, right? They're never even an underdog. Uh, Cowboys minus three against the Rams. That's the Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. And then the Monday night games, two home dogs. Are you kidding me? On Monday night, Pittsburgh laying six at the Giants. And then the Titans laying two and a half at Denver. Howard, Denver is like the best team against the spread in the history of football at home in the first couple of weeks of the season. I don't even know if Tennessee's good. I mean, Tennessee, they haven't had a preseason game. Are they going to be able to breathe? In mile high in the fourth quarter, I mean, I, I mean, there is going to be a home dog winning on Monday night. But Howard, which one's it going to be? Is it going to be the Giants or it's going to be the Broncos or maybe it's going to be both? You know, one of them is winning. I mean, that's one that's of them. One point. of them is winning. I'll I'll lean Denver for right now. Um, you know, I know losing Von Miller on defense is a huge blow for them, but I think Fangio's got uh, the rest of the uh, the rest of the unit humming. You know, yeah, it's that it's that early season. It's the altitude. We already saw Melvin Gordon was having issues. With the altitude during the you know the the month that they had in the preseason, so Derrick Henry, who's not used to running in Denver on a regular basis, what's going to happen with that? So, yeah, I, I think that's the that's the one there. The Giants' defense is really really bad, but you know that offense can be humming. Also, uh, I don't really have a great read on them right now. So, 
I would probably stay away from that one. If I'm going to pick a home dog on Monday night, Denver's the team. All right, so we'll submit all five picks to the Westgate, and we'll have those up. And by the way, you can see all of the picks that we make over at Wager Alarm. We get those in, and we have a later deadline this year. It is Saturday night, so we have right up until game time to essentially uh, decide which way we're going to go. Is it fair to say that you and I see things the same on Detroit? uh, Do we get into Cincinnati? I don't know. But Detroit and Denver feels like the two that we— I mean, we haven't. We're not going to make the pixel Saturday, but it seems like we, out of the five, those are some possibilities, right? Does it feel Detroit, like Denver. I think we could at the beginning kind of, uh, kind of Carolina? lean on the, that Panthers, right? I mean, yeah, that's going to be I the think, one. That's going to be the one. I think Carolina because we hate the pick. You got to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way it is. In, in and wagering, but, but that you system against what for you us. think. Yeah. No. It, it. It very well. I mean, who would who would think that we'd be taking Carolina week one? Yikes. Okay, uh, Howard, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. And you and I will catch up again tomorrow night over on the Wager Alarm live stream and we'll actually make those picks. And again, uh, thanks again for joining me here on the show today. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to another fun NFL season. Thanks for having me, Craig. Always a pleasure. All right, you can follow Howard on Twitter at RotoBuzzGuy. We'll take a quick timeout right here on Fantasy Sports Today. we got Fantasy or Reality coming up a little bit later. More discussion on that game with Houston and Kansas City last night, plus all of the latest going on in fantasy sports. Don't go away. More FST here with you on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. We're coming back in just two minutes. You shouldn't go anywhere. Stay right there on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Just a couple of quick notes from the practice field in the NFL today before we go any further. One note from the Steelers and one from the Chargers. One up, one down, so to speak. Deontay Johnson did practice today for the Steelers, so looks like he'll be able to go on Monday night. Of course, make sure you have some backup options potentially for him if something was to go wrong uh, on Saturday's practice. Because, again, it's a Monday game, so there's another practice tomorrow. Uh, And also Mike Pouncey of the Los Angeles Chargers, their very important center, looks like he may end up missing the game coming up this Sunday. And so, Joe, that definitely presents a problem for Austin Eckler in that running game. Pouncey, uh, some uh, people feel, is a potential Hall of Famer in the future. And um, not, not a good news for the Chargers, I would say, to open up their season. Not surprising, though, considering the history of the Chargers. No, it's not. It's very difficult. The Chargers are in a tough spot here. You know, uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback now, so you have a new quarterback. You have, obviously, changeover of Phil Rivers being there for better part of two decades and that that transition is going to look like. And you're opening up on the road with a team that's very excited to play with the Cincinnati Bengals with their new quarterback and how that's going to go. And I think the Bengals have a real fighter's chance here. I really do in this football game. Uh, Sunday, it's going to be one of the more exciting, I think, games to watch when you consider in the past, if you put those two teams together, maybe it's kind of mediocre. I'm excited to see that one because I want to see what Joe Burrow is in his pro debut. And I think there's some real opportunity. The Chargers have to travel. I think the teams that are traveling for the first time this year are a little bit of a disadvantage. I'm sure there's a lot mentally and physically you're going through in order to do that process too. I think the home fields have a a certain advantage this week too. I'm curious in, in your mind, how does that impact some of these teams that do not have to travel, that get to stay put this week in week one? Do you see that as an advantage as well to a lot of these teams? 
I, I think the travel for next week is more of a factor. These guys haven't had to travel at all in the past month. So uh, the grueling part of an NFL schedule, I don't think, comes into play in the first week. But certainly as the week goes on, I definitely do think it is a factor. It would be a factor for me maybe for Denver on Monday night, as we've talked about. I think that could be an issue a little bit for an opposing team in the first month of the season to have to go play there. Uh, but also game speed can't be emulated. And and also I, it could be a problem for even the Broncos players. Melvin Gordon uh, alluded to that a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I, I'm not concerned with travel in week one. Talk to me in week two and week three. I think that could be a different scenario. Okay, fantasy or reality? Let's close out our show today with three burning questions. We'll have true or false answers. Instead of saying true or false, we say fantasy or reality. Here's question number one, Joe. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who looked the part, acted the part, played the part of arguably a top running back in fantasy football. He's only had one game, but he looked fantastic. So here we go. Fantasy or reality. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of the Chiefs will finish as a top three running back in fantasy football this season. In this very small sample that we have, are we going fantasy or reality here, Joe? Don't get too close to the screen because these takes are hot. Woo! Clyde Edwards-Alaire, top three? Top three? That means he's got to be uh, in that same class as McCaffrey and Barkley and Elliott and Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara. Look, I think he's got the talent to do it. He's in the offense to do it. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It is more possible than... Uh, a lot of other crazy things that people say, but I will say this. I think it's going to be tough for him to crack the top three because there's a lot of guys already established there. I think he's probably going to finish around six when all said and done, potentially, because I do think Mahomes is still going to want to throw the ball a fair amount. So um, it's not a run first offense like you get with the Tennessee Titans or some other uh, backs like that. But the potential certainly there. I'm going to say fantasy just because I think this running back group this year, and even guys like Dalvin Cook, I didn't even mention, some other guys can enter into this conversation for those top three also. I'll say fantasy, but it would be fun if it was reality. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I'm sold. I'm going to say reality. And, wow. and Houston is not a, a slouch. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. I am going to go with it. I, 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 you know, I can't say that I regret not taking him again because I had the third pick. Overall, in both the drafts Would that you I take did, Elliot? yeah, in both, in both, and, and I, think out, I think he's going to out. I think he's going to outscore Elliot. Mm. Well, do. look, it, it's not impossible, but we've Elliot seen it is... happen. We've seen it happen before. Yeah. Elliot was a number one guy. Barkley was a number one guy. Fred Taylor mm-hmm. was a number one guy. Edron James was a number one guy. Clinton Portis. I could keep going. And Kareem Hunt. In that offense two years ago? <laughs> I mean, Kareem's been around, though, for a while. No, I mean, we're talking about a straight-up rookie first year. Well, Kareem Hunt was a straight-up rookie that year. It, for, for, first it was year? The, two years ago? Longer yeah. than two years ago. Three, three only years two ago years now, ago, excuse me. It was, it was three years huh? ago now that we've started a new season. No, it was three years ago because that was the game against the Patriots. So you remember that famous game where he fumbled and people were saying, oh, this guy's trash. And then he went on to have one. It was it was when the Patriots are coming off that Super Bowl thing. They were flying the flag. The whole Believe me, this is ingrained in my memory of this rookie running back. And uh, me having to see my friend Jake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying like, yeah, Kareem Hunt did so, it yeah, not that long I'm ago. I'm not going to – yeah, I, I think that – that's a great example of a guy that's going to put up exactly the same year, I think. And I think that I'm going to regret not taking him at three. But again, uh, I'm not usually a prisoner of the moment, but I am with this guy. I don't think he'll be the number one guy, but I've seen it happen before and I cannot rule it out. So I'm going to 
reality. Edwards Hilaire is going to be in the top three at the end of the year. Staggering, but I do think so. Okay, so uh, doubleheader today for the Marlins and Phillies. I'm almost positive I'm going to go to the first game. Almost positive. It's a 5 p.m. Eastern start, so as soon as the show is done, i got to consider getting ready. Uh, I don't think I'll do both games, but I'll do one. Well, uh, Zach Wheeler, Joe, was supposed to start one of these two games, but he is not, and Aaron Nola is starting, and you know, it shows you how important these games are to Philadelphia and Miami, by the way. But Wheeler is out because he injured himself putting on pants. And not really injured, but he hurt a fingernail. And and they re- and Joe Girardi looked like exasperated talking about this last night. So we really didn't get exact details like we will before the weekend is up as to what really happened because Wheeler's going to start Monday. Fantasy or reality, Joe? I got to ask you the question. You know what they say? We put our pants on one leg at a time just like everybody else. <laughs> Fantasy or reality? You have hurt yourself putting on any kind of clothes before. Fantasy or reality? Uh, I'll say reality. I probably have at some point, but uh, I'm trying to worry about more with the circumstance here with these just really, really tight, skinny jeans and he wanted to look good. He was pulling them on and pulling them on. He couldn't get them on. And then, of course, you know, the fingernail snaps off or something happens there. Is this a scenario where maybe Zach Wheeler was somewhere he should not have been and he had to get dressed really fast and hop out a window like in an 80s movie or something like that? I don't know. Mm. To me, it's all about the circumstances of this pants situation and what's going on here were they hammer pants were they shorts were they jorts what kind of pants are we talking about i want more details here on zach wheeler's pants and i think we deserve to know and have more details about this information here what's going on with zach wheeler and his wardrobe and why is it attacking him and uh that is uh, <laughs> 2020 ah uh, yes 2020 when pants attack that's where we're at i'm gonna say yes because i'm sure at some point i put like a yeah, hat right. on my bald head and it had some sort of, you know, like, oh, it's too tight or something. It left a mark on my head or, you know, this, these are bald man problems. Hmm. So I'm going to say reality probably somewhere along the line. How about you, Craig? You ever hurt yourself just getting dressed in the morning? I don't I don't think so. I, I don't I don't recall. I was trying to think today if anything had happened that I, that comes to mind here. I don't think so. But I think that we've all like tweaked ourselves doing something like putting a shirt on or pants on. But to the degree that this happened. I think you're right. I think that there was more to this, like with this fingernail, and they have him scheduled for Monday start. I'm going to keep an eye on that. And by the way, this is not 2020 story, Joe. This is a guy that, of course, used to play for what team? Would we be surprised if this happened to the Mets, right? Yeah, but it didn't happen to him on the Mets, which is refreshing. But it's the Mets carryover <laughs> to the Phillies. I mean, that's what that's what it is. A guy that plays on the Mets, crazy injury. This is what you get. Uh, I, I got fantasy on this one. I can't recall it, but I'm I'm sure it's happened. But at least from my way back mind here, I don't I don't have one that comes to mind. So, all right, uh, here's the third one. Burger King. Okay, we we like to talk about weird foods, and and this is definitely up there as far as the weirder ones are concerned. And look, when you're talking about waffles and chicken and chicken and waffles and, oh, and, yeah. and look, that became a huge hit right so so look before you dismiss anything it's always important <laughs> to understand what you're eating okay it's not it's not impossible that you're going to end up trying this i know the initial thought is going to be people looking at the screen going oh i would never do this well burger king is introducing or at least they're considering introducing joe a chocolate burger which essentially would be exactly how it sounds, a burger with a bun that is chocolate. And it sounds good to me. I am not going to dismiss it, but the question is, does it look 
tasty to you? Is it something that you would consider eating? And we will go with fantasy or reality. The Choco Burger from BK looks tasty. Fantasy or reality? I saw this on my uh, Twitter feed this morning, and I thought, there's no way Craig Mish is not going to be talking about this today. This has to come up at some point, and sure enough, here it is. Um, I am a big, salty, sweet person. Give me the chicken and waffles. Give me the chocolate-covered pretzels. Give me any of that stuff. Like, yes, salty, sweet, yes. My taste buds are firing. I want in on it. Chocolate-covered meat, or the, the bun is chocolate? What, what am I missing here? Is it a sauce or the bun? That's where I'm it's confused. The it's the bun. The bun is chocolate. Mm -hmm. I think I would try it. Where I think it goes wrong is when you start getting the lettuce and tomatoes and other things. That, to me, is the weird part. If you're just giving me the burger with the chocolate bun, the reality, I'll give it a shot. I want to see. I want to try it. I, it will, I'll probably regret later. I probably won't be happy that I did. I will probably uh, make some uh, expletive words coming out of my mouth that I tried it. But I, I might be more, and I'm not a Burger King guy. It's not my go-to at all. We have one here around the corner. I, I think in 10 years, I've been to Burger King maybe twice. <laughs> I'm just not a fan. So how about you, Craig? Yeah. Would you be going in for the chocolate Whopper or the chopper? It looks tasty. It looks tasty. With foods, I'm sort of the, uh, I, don't, I don't like to be the test model on this. So what I like <laughs> to do is I wait to hear about what everyone else thinks. And if the group think things, uh, look, I consider myself a leader, not a follower, but when it comes to food, I like reviews. I like somebody telling me if it's good or bad. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I don't want to be the guy that goes, ew, and then tells everybody else. You, somebody tell me, does it taste good? Yes, it does. I'll give it a shot. So this is reality. I think it looks tasty. I think I'm willing to give it a try, but I will not be the tester. It will have to be someone else before I go down that road. Uh, I, I guess you're looking at me then. I'm the I'm the tester of the chopper. I'm That's, not saying it, it has to be to you, Joe, but you were the Popeyes guy, so I was. I was. The, I was. And you know what? The funniest part is, I thought you were going to get to way before me. I got kids. I got all these things going. I'm taking care of all day long. All those other things I'm juggling. Craig Mish is out there. You know, he he's able to, to you know go. He drops off the kids, and he's good the rest of the day. And he's able to float around all day doing whatever he wants. I thought for sure you would have hit the Popeyes before me. I ended up hitting it first, and it was good. Was it worth killing someone over? No. Would I get stabbed for it? No. But it was a good chicken sandwich. I don't know. The chopper sounds a little scary to me. I'm, and I'm going to keep calling it the chopper because it's a chocolate whopper, and I, I think it needs a nickname. Well, I like the idea, but the execution <laughs> of the eating part of it is not something that I'm going to do until someone else does. doesn't have to be you. Maybe it'll be Brett Levy, Danny Olkins, <laughs> Greg Suffman. Mike Cardano, 50-50 on Cardano. We may try that. Oh, got to take a break. we got the Sports Grid 60 coming up, and then we have to leave you. But, of course, we have plenty more to come, including weekend shows here. We'll tell you about that, what's coming up this weekend here on Sports Grid. So make sure you stay tuned right here to Sports Grid and SportsGrid.com as we wrap it up right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today wrapping up for today. Uh, before we get to the SportsGrid 60, Joe, I know football Sunday is always big in your household, but also big here on Sports Grid. So what you got on tap for Sunday morning? 
Ah, Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern. It's Fantasy Game Day with myself, with the Eric Young Impact Champion. Also, you know him from WWE and NXT. And, of course, the great Matt Stryker as well joining us. So the three amigos are going to be together doing football, talking DFS season long and everything in between, starting 8 a.m. right here on SportsGrid Eastern Standard Time. Well, that's where I will be Sunday morning. Will you be on the grid? You better because we got great programming all weekend long for you. Before we get out of here, let's go over to our Sports Grid 60, 60 seconds of a topic in sports. And as always, Joe will lead us off here on this Friday. Joe? Well, this is sports, but also bigger picture related. Uh, 19 years ago today, uh, I became the son of a 9-11 survivor. My dad worked in the Trade Center my entire life and worked for the Port Authority as an architect. And I was very lucky to say that he is a survivor of that, much more lucky than a lot of other people were. And uh, this is a day that we always kind of take a step back and remember the important things in life and try to have a little bit of perspective. And I hope everybody does that as well. He also worked on some of the rebuilding a few years after, but was a lot of stress and all of that and many of the things he had to deal with of why me and not other people. I'm very lucky to have him still to this day, and I want to remind everybody out there, not only never to forget that, but never forget what we were as one nation after that as we watch our football games. Remember, this weekend, we're all on the same team. Very well said as we end the show, Joe. Uh, You know, with our show here, I'll end it with this. Uh, we're, We're obviously moving to a lot more football discussion here on the program, and we will still continue to cover the end of the baseball season and the NBA playoffs and so on and so forth. But this is a message to those of you who watch the show for fantasy baseball and fantasy football enthusiasts. Understand this. Even though we're moving to football, pay attention to baseball. These last 30 days may give you somewhat of an indication as to what could happen in 2021. Have fun with fantasy football. Enjoy it. We all know that it's going to dominate everything that we talk about. But ignoring baseball in the final month can hurt you in 2021. Thanks again to Brett and Danny for my co-host, Joe Pizapia. I'm Craig Mish. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.